0: Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. This week, we'll talk about the Demons Bebez. We'll dance along to some Dina Rookie. Can twins be trusted?
1: And Dr. Badass is in. Let's do this.
0: this week's episode of Devil's Trap podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And this podcast, we talk about the TV show Supernatural. Right now we are on season two, episode five, and uh, it's my first time watching, whereas Liz is uh, an expert in the supernatural world.
1: I do, know I am not an expert. <laughs> I am just a, I am a crazy fan. Don't, don't call me an expert, because then people will start asking me things. And I'll be like, I don't fucking know what that is, but... <laughs> Washington. Oh man. I think I was having a dream about Jared Petalucky the other day. really? I, watched, I think so. I I don't know my world is but everything I've been so tired lately. I'm like, I don't I feel like I either like I learned something about him or I dread something about him. I'm not sure. Uh, so one of those two. I don't know. Uh, you know, it is what it is. So how how have you been this week, Diamond?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, it's uh we're, we're getting ready. Our, our car club is hosting a car show at the Texas Pie Festival this weekend. So that's exciting and uh, getting ready for that and uh, trying to I don't know, just ramp up with my work because like I've mentioned last week, so I don't need to beat a dead horse. My work is getting busy because live music is coming back, which is super fucking exciting, and a lot of fucking work when you've had a reduced crew for a long time. So good stuff, good stuff happening. Um, but uh, but a uh, little uh, little extra busy, but I, I thrive in that. So I'm just embracing the crazy. Yeah, you,
1: you love a spreadsheet. I think this is probably mm. a lot of opportunities for a
0: spreadsheet. So many spreadsheets. There's a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of documents and contracts and all kinds of paperwork, uh to-do lists and conference calls. Oh yeah, all the good shit.
1: Yeah, I think Diana just got a lady boner. I can see I can see it yeah. happening. She's like, oh, I organize so much. Oh, I, had so much. Use, I had to use
0: I had I had to use my my numeric pad keypad a lot today. So doing some data.
1: I do miss having a numeric keypad. And also just for some reason when I type. Especially on my external keyboard, which kind of lives underneath like various laptop stands, I can't do number typing well. Like it just, my I don't know, maybe it's because I have short T Rex arms, which means I also have short T Rex fingers. But reaching up to those top ones is kind of weird weird for me.
0: But, I've never been good at typing quickly with the regular line. That's so I'm like yeah. a brat. Like if I buy a new laptop, I'm like, no, if it doesn't have a numpad, I don't want it. It's got to have a numpad. <laughs> Right. i just
1: i don't do enough with numbers like beyond like dates and stuff that you know in timestamps
0: and i don't on my home computer and i still insist on it because i'm a fucking weirdo I, it goes yeah. back to m- once upon a time days when i worked in like a call center doing like order order oh
1: oh yeah i mean but if i do if i do mind. have that ted that keypad like i can work it like a bitch i'm just like Durr, Durr, adding add
0: all adding,
1: adding all the stuff I like i can do it but Make yeah it very-
0: satisfying it is, a it
1: is. Satisfying it's a very satisfying feeling <laughs> it, it may go to like my dad being an accountant and I always wanted to be like my dad does this and so sort of like you know dad is <laughs> like I want to be a good accountant I never know no accountant for Liz no. I,
0: yeah I, I didn't have that but I do have like so my work keyboard is like a mechanical keyboard and it like brings me so much joy that is a very oh satisfying yeah keyboard to type on
1: my external is a mechanical and it also has rainbow lights on it, but they piss me off. And I would keep oh. always trying to like, I was like, stop flashing lights. You're giving me stress. Like, I just want you to be a solid color, be a solid color.
0: But yeah, organizing. I, my, I think yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a computer person thing because my IT guy is the one that he's like, I've got this mechanical keyboard I think you'd really like. And I'm like, oh, I
1: love this. <laughs> well, it's, it's satisfying if you're coding or other things like, yeah. you know, like, it helps, you know, that you've entered something correctly. And I typed so fast that like what my work laptop, like that MacBook has, uh, sorry guys, this is getting really mm. long. I promise I will I'm stop
0: like, talking. No, can, I was like, like, just a little bit more. We got to finish. Hold on.
1: I got to finish. So it's one of the older MacBook pros and the keyboard on those sucks. So oh. it's, you know, like, I typed so fast and it inevitably, like, There's like five T's in a sentence because I'm like and I like hit it really hard. It's like and then like but and then like what the fuck was and I'm like and then like the next word's just gone. I'm like okay, so that's why I have external. The keyboard pros have really good keyboards. On I will I will say that. So anyhow, okay, okay. There we go. So how are
0: you this week?
1: Uh, I'm good. and back home. Uh, my house is a mess, but I have made sure that like, my office is like a place of sanctuary because like there are like just piles of suitcases that are open from various trips and and just like boxes that were delivered while I was gone. And so it's like the office is the sanctuary. So it's it's very chill in here. So I'm actually kind of happy to be working in my office. I did to be an organization. I did organize my parents pantry, which was very satisfying. Uh, very scary because hello, things from 2000 that expired in 2006. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I bought this when I lived in your house. So, uh, but I made them zones and just like went through and like I did not go through like if it was my pantry, I would have gone through and like taken everything out and put it into like different containers that were labeled. But, but my parents could never keep up with that. So, but they at least like they're zoned. The 50 jars of pickles I found have their own shelf now
0: jars of, of pickled products. I mean, are they all the same or are they a variety of
1: products? No, there is a variety of pickles. Like... Yeah, so, you know, there was still the limes and then also like, there was like 10 jars of pepperoncini. So I'm like, did you just like forget you had pepperoncinis? You just kept buying more and more and more. So uh, yeah, hopefully they're enjoying their new pantry.
0: And, I, and lots of pepperoncinis.
1: Lots of pepperoncinis, um, which I did have on a pizza this week and they were delicious. Uh, anyway, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, back to work, back to house. Uh, hopefully this week I get to finally build my 3D printer. Um, mm. Yeah, as much as I miss being on the road and I was like, okay, on the road too much, on the road too much, go home, go yeah, home, too many was people. Like, that was
0: like two and a half solid weeks almost though. It me. was
1: almost like three and a half weeks. It was almost oh, a month that a month. I was gone. Yeah. So I love my house and I made my house super comfy for me and not having my alone time here. And also the cat who had to unfortunately deal with the three other cats uh, <laughs> hidden in her room is, she's now very chill. I was like, okay, we're back, that's cool, I'm in yeah. here it. Uh, what are you okay. drinking?
0: Um, I am having a cocktail this week. Uh, it is a slightly modified version of a bee's knees because it's a beverage mm. that I enjoy uh, and it sounds fun. So it's a gin cocktail, um, but wait, A, I didn't, I I'm not going to serve a drink at home in a coupe glass and sip on that. I'm going to put it on ice and make it larger than it's supposed to be. A.K.A. my husband is going to put it on ice mm-hmm. and make it larger than it's supposed to be because why not? So that's what I've got this week.
1: Oh otherwise he'd have to be in the office like every 10 minutes for another drink
0: no shit
1: and i do love yeah, a yeah. cube glass they're pretty they're
0: pretty um, but i'm not gonna make it at home
1: yeah um i got a delivery from senor vineyards today who was brought by a, a ups drug guy with like the best corn stash i've seen in a while and i was like oh man he just like dropped it off and i'm like Hey man, do you have mustache rides? I don't <laughs> but, <laughs> you're um, like,
0: is this a bit or are you actually trying to entice me?
1: I was just like, it was like, yeah, this is how porn starts. Like, cool. Like, you bring, it was like, you brought me some wine and then, like, you are. he was wearing the UPS shorts and everything. I was like, oh, I, I know how this movie goes. I'm like, <laughs> No, that's not what's happening here. He's just <gasps> like, take your shit and go inside, lady. And like,
0: it's okay. fucking humid. Let me go. <sighs> I ran I
1: ran down your hill carrying all your fucking booze, oh, lady. Oh god. Um if anybody who's seen my hill, no, he he had to go back up that hill. So, port, I should have offered him. Would you like some lemonade? I'm like I don't have lemonade. <laughs> <today." laughs> um, um, so I'm drinking one of their their 2019 uh, Tannat. I think that's how you say that. I've never. But it's, it's I love that wine. So, which is really good because I was going to bust over the ninety dollar bottle of Calais today, um, but I didn't because I was like, oh, I just miss, I just want to drink a good bottle of wine. So they brought me some, like a miracle. Yay. Yay thank you goddess so yep so that's it all right and blah blah all right we'll we'll stop yammering about our our stupid lives now (laughs) whatever the episode all right so like diana said this is season two episode five simon said this first aired october 26 2006 it was directed by tim oh good lord last name Mm -hmm. uh iacofano i-a-c-o-f-a-n-l hmm, close oh, no, close enough so this is the only episode of supernatural he did uh but he also did a bunch of other things he did 24 smallville some jessica jones like he's got a pretty big repertoire and stuff okay. it was written by ben Edlund, and this is his first episode of supernatural but we're going to see a lot more of them. He also worked on Firefly and Angel. He uh, he wrote my favorite episode of Angel all time, which is Smile Time. And I know I've been trying to get you to watch Angel and you haven't done it yet. I'm Give me a new show. I'm aging through it. Yeah. Through it. yeah. And I say just jump forward and go watch that episode. Like, you don't need a background to watch it because it's fucking puppets. Like, Angel's a goddamn puppet. And it's amazing. He's the cutest puppet you've ever seen, and is like the most brilliant episode of puppets there ever was. in spikes in that episode too, so you should go watch it. But also, he created the tick. He created the fucking tick, like the, the original comic, and like did all the things. Like oh, which is why there was a lot of humor in this episode, and I love this sense of humor. Uh, so good. Um, and I did see this quote of his on the Supernatural wiki, which I liked. Um, this was at Comic Con 2009, and they're just asking him about the show. And Ben said, this is the thing that started with a deceptively simple premise of a muscle car and two beautiful men who shoot ghosts. Where the fuck did that come from? They drive around and shoot ghosts. Ooh, classic rock. And I like this show. I like it. I love it. And I think that is like the best description of Supernatural. (laughs)
0: Awesome. I like it. So
1: that is is our background on this episode. So we can start talking about what happened because diana said she has some feelings and i want to know
0: what her feelings are i do i don't know so <clears throat> all right the, uh, and i'll we'll just dig right in because here we go um so the, the episode starts with a man walking on the street answering his cell phone and and a big-ass clock tower like the world's biggest clock tower it's a very large clock tower the clock tower is only eclipsed in size by the wide legs of this man's pants by the way <laughs> because <laughs> worst fitting suit i, I was like oh like, uh, is this like uh, is he going to like a zoot suit like an over-the-top like caricature zoot suit party or something the pant his pant legs are so wide like weirdly wide and it was very distracting to me sorry um so he answers his cell phone and you see visions of him with like a shotgun um and um uh, Basically, he goes into like a store. Everybody's surprised that he's there looking at guns. Dennis, the guest, is the name of the shop clerk there, and they call him Doc. And he's getting invited to go like, turkey hunting and all this. He's holding this gun, and he's like, No, don't you know guns make me nervous? As he's loading the fucking gun in the gun store, which not supposed to do that and, well, and they're telling him like oh what the, no, no, what the no, fuck you are you fucking doing do that here and then he says really creepily he said it's all gonna be okay and then fucking shoots Dennis with a shotgun in the middle of the store full of people and everybody like screams and he's like no it's all gonna be okay again and then puts the um the the muzzle to his chin and you see a blood splatter very distressing opening scene for the that was yeah
1: it was disturbing yeah
0: yeah very and then we um we figure out and so i my my shitty comment on the side was it's not going to be okay uh, <laughs> yeah. but woo. so we figure out that this is actually sam having a vision or, or one of his nightmare visions and he's in like some like growth bathroom having this nightmare vision
1: yeah. and getting all sweaty too like it's this making
0: him so sweaty and he's very sweaty um and washing his face in a nasty bathroom that's basically what, what our intro is yeah um, this is like
1: you need to find a bucky's like why did you pull over in this bathroom like i would i would never like where's go a inside. Bucky's when you need one i mean come on yeah it's you need it or a, a loves or something like some sort of better truck stop bathroom i feel but like also, dean would
0: very much appreciate some beaver nuggets by the way but go ahead yeah,
1: who doesn't love a beaver nugget but i also think he, if you notice while he's was washing his face he's in a cast mm-hmm so we see good finally notice. sam's broken hand is now jared's broken hand is now it's it's, it's, at the show.
0: That's it's right. part of the show yeah. yeah yeah so we cut um um dean dean gets him out of the bathroom and then you see them driving and sam wants to go to the roadhouse um but dean's kind of like hey uh, maybe this isn't a good idea if other hunters start finding out that you've got some like freaky connection to to like the demon of some kind so, and no, so it's he like, basically
1: he calls him a supernatural freak and it's yeah, like wolf yeah. wolf man like i know like yeah. you're just letting some shit slip but damn it, it
0: was a lot yeah yeah and so yeah anyways um so we cut to the roadhouse anyways and roadhouse. uh roadhouse and joe just like totally hustles some dude on <laughs> big buck hunter which was pretty hilarious uh i remember, I remember when that video game came out and it was, very popular at the arcade and at the bowling alley it's a fun uh, game and um D- dean has a very awkward interaction with her then uh while sam goes to find ash which ash's door <laughs> to his room is labeled and says dr badass is and it has a little thing to flip in or out and he had to end yeah on, so it's that's
1: hilarious. badass i
0: love that's you badass. ash um i gonna rub my hands here mullet ash yeah <laughs>
1: this <laughs> is like, like this stop
0: <laughs> i can't i can't i can't let that mullet and he was naked <laughs> naked in his room um anyway so they used sam's vision to figure out that this vision came from uh, a city called guthrie oklahoma and uh because of like the bus logo so Ash doesn't really see any evidence of demonic activity there. So he's kind of like, eh, none of the markers are there. I don't know what you're talking about. And Sam's like, look up, house fires in 1983 with a six month old baby, blah, 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 blah. Like the whole like, thing. And it bribes him with a PBR to do it, which I was amused by. I'm like, oh, PBR. That would, that would not be the beer
1: you could you could bribe me with. I'd be like, mm, mm. do you have it? Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: I mean, i drink it, but... Right, but that wouldn't <laughs> be the bribe beer. Like, yeah. oh, I'll drink your PBR. but that's not
1: Well, a- and it was also a PBR long neck, which is not
0: usual to find. No, those are actually super unusual. Like, tall boy, all day long. Yeah. Regular, regular can, all day long. But in a bottle at all? Weird. But, yeah. Um, so, anyways. And then we... Uh, get some some sweet tunes courtesy of joe on the uh, jukebox in here too as the uh ario speedwagon can't fight this feeling comes on
1: yeah and, and there is some amazing face acting done by Jensen here like see i don't want to like it but i like it <laughs> i was like which is pretty much how we all feel about ario speedwagon i'm like i don't want to like this song but kind of like it me too yeah. i'm all that. Yeah. It's, it's
0: hard it's a hard song to like completely hate it is but anyway. so and she basically had overheard all the all the what what they're asking ash to search for and dean's like uh no family stuff and she won't let her help at all
1: then i I can also i can't take you because your mom will hurt me
0: well that too yeah like you they're a little like tension is adorable but also like a lot It's, it's like one of those it's like a very 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 like traditional tv show like we we want to but we shouldn't we want to but we shouldn't but i also i don't
1: feel like it's that high stakes of attention like it's just kind of cute like it's like there's some flirting that's going on but it's not like you're not seeing like they're not making google eyes at each other like a whole episode
0: of that yeah Yeah.
1: and and i think it really is more like joe looks way too young for him we just really like (laughs) and you can see that like and i think he (laughs) knows that like and also And, and he doesn't
0: want ellen to kill him
1: yeah, and Ellen will kill him. And I think it's like, hey, I can't be like, even though she's really cute, she's also young, and her mom yeah. will fucking kill me. And she no. does yeah. because Ellen's a badass.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, we piece together that. Well, we we figure out we got we cut to the before we piece together what happened in Oklahoma. We do have a scene in the in, in Baby where uh, Dean is loudly singing "Aria Speedwagon." Yeah,
1: I call it Dean Araki we get some dinner we get
0: some dina Roki going uh and it it, it was pretty epic it was a good good job jensen all right so there is some guy in guthrie oklahoma who had very named andrew gallagher who had the same like circumstances um at 1983 he was six months old his mom died in a house fire blah, blah blah so but he seemed to have disappeared they don't have any contact for him so they've got to go find him and they go to his old work and they're awkwardly in suits suddenly. And uh, well,
1: also, I mean, he's living the fucking dream. Like They're like, he owes like a whole bunch of money and nobody's yeah. going after him. And I'm like, oh, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am dream. irresponsible and the nobody, <laughs> nobody is coming after me. My credit uh, is fine.
0: Yeah. And so they go to the restaurant he used to work at and the waitresses assumes they're debt collectors. And, but, um, Dean says they're lawyers and that Andy inherited a bunch of money from some aunt or something. And some real awkward busboy named Weber pops in the middle of the conversation. And it's just a lot. And he's like, Oh no, Andy's a badass. Like has a story, but yeah. So, but then the, um, the waitress, um, uh, that we we later we later get a better name for, which is uh, Tracy, is uh, explains where they can probably go find Andy and look for a van with a barbarian queen riding a polar bear and it's
1: fucking epic. It is epic. It is not a sasquatch petting a raccoon though. And not. I think Diana you should really post the sasquatch petting a, ra- a raccoon on our on All our right. site. Uh just so people can see the the awesomeness of this and like maybe we can do a side by side comparison and do a poll to see which <laughs> we, which it, you like better. <laughs> who did it best? Was it the chick riding polar bear or is it sasquatch dirtily petting a raccoon? And I'm I'm going with the latter. So <laughs>
0: context is a a friend of ours was at the beach this past weekend texas coastal beach and saw a truck um goodness what is it back back hat tailgate Tailgate, Tailgate. that's the word good lord a tailgate with a an amazing painting of a sasquatch petting a raccoon so there we go we'll share it um all right anyway so they find the they find the van and of course dan uh, dean thinks it's fucking sweet like you do like uh it is fucking sweet so um <clears throat> and did you notice what was playing
1: in the background i missed it yeah it is spinal tap and they're oh no no stonehenge i did have that <laughs> i got that stonehenge
0: yeah stonehenge from spine did have that sorry i was i i caught it yeah i was like yeah song what is this song <laughs> yeah, stonehenge from spinal tap so they see like the there's some dude like in his fucking like robe strolling down the street like waving at hot chicks take some dude's coffee no one cares just doing his thing and uh, yeah, so it's he's he shakes hands with Doc, who we've who's the one that the guy we saw at the beginning blows brains out who obviously it was a vision he hasn't done it yet. And so they decide to split off and um, Dean is going to follow the van that Andy drives away in and Sam is going to follow Doc to try to keep him doing from whatever they think he's been instructed to do by Andy. Dean gets fucking busted in his tail, though. He's not tailing very well. And this is a very sad moment for me where um andy walks over to dean in the car gets out of his van walks over to the window and uh dean's got his gun stashed and everything because he's ready and uh andy's just blown smoke about how cool the impala is and then just says can i have it and dean says sure and gets out and puts andy in the driver's seat left standing in the fucking road <sighs>
1: yeah it is a very painful moment but at the same time were like take the fucking van like what are you well, doing like yeah. i would be chasing like you, you're missing like an impala van chase like that could tell that would have been like some somebody hill music playing in the background like, and then you know I'm like that you guys missed out on that mark. mark
0: i'm just telling yeah, you missed, so. missed opportunities missed opportunities for sure but yeah so then we cut basically we cut sam who's sees doc take a call just like in his vision and um, before Doc can walk into the gun store, he, or the, it's like a sporting goods store that has a gun section, it's not a gun store. Anyways, so Sam runs in there and pulls the alarm so that they have to evacuate the store and he can't go buy a gun. Ta-da, crisis averted. So they think. But while Sam and Dean are on the phone because Dean's got to tell Sam that he gave baby away, Doc gets a call and uh, all of a sudden, Doc walks in front of a speeding bus. Oops.
1: Yeah, he got you got smashed by a bus. Yeah. Apparently, this was also awesome a scene they struggled with because the first time they did it, it was really um, gross, and there was like a shoe like flying through the air, oh. and
0: they're like, you know, that may be a little much for network television, but yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Both that opening scene and this scene were both fairly intense though, honestly.
1: There there's some fairly intense things in here. There's a there there's also some scenes later that I'm really uncomfortable by. Um but oh, we also yeah. like during that time too, like Sam sees Andy just driving by in the involved Yeah, no. and he's like, oh, What the fuck? And they're no. like, It's my control. They're like, Oh god, it's my control. Now we know. So and, then, they, they, and, then,
0: and Dean and Dean really likes to make his Star Wars references here. In, in this,
1: in this and we get a lot of Star Wars references in
0: here. So, yeah, yeah. full-on wan me. That's what he said. But, yeah. Anyway, so Sam's all upset because he feels like while he kept Doc out of the gun store, he still feels guilty that he failed in preventing Doc from killing himself. So... um uh, we could, next scene we have is Andy walks into his old, The restaurant to go tell the waitress Tracy that Doc is dead He's crying so like he's pretty upset So it seems kind of odd that he'd be the one forcing all this To happen and Tracy's upset And obviously Tracy and him had a thing Going on you can tell there's a little bit of that And um, and tells him that There's some, some guys were looking for him Sam and Dean Are able to find fucking baby which is important Phew. Yeah Baby's alright she looks good baby's okay no damage she's good um and they're like you know they, they, sam is really convinced that andy is using verbal commands to to get people to do what he wants dean's just not convinced that andy's the guy like even if he's using verbal commands it's like this guy's not a fucking killer like he's like just trying he's like a fucking nerd he's kind of the vibe like i would yeah. he's just like chilling so um they get inside of the, the van is there too so they open up the van and find um a bong which is described as Moby Dick's bong because yes, it was a epic that was
1: a, that was a very large bong very and, large bong and the most amazing tiger hanging like oh yes, that tiger is tiger
0: tiger epic he's a fucking disco ball Dean is stoked he could live this lifestyle he is I could
1: live that life cycle style who could not like I want that van like
0: that looks like and, the world van and stack, life and a stack of <laughs> philosophy books
1: and those are some really deep philosophy books that uh, I, you know, in when I was in college and spoke, you probably had Moby Dick's Bong, like, you know, had classes where I was reading Kant and like all that stuff. And like, they're they're shitty philosophy. Like, yeah, they're not shitty. They're really in depth and hard and not, they are not easy books. So now we know like Andy is like
0: really smart. He's, so he's, a getting- fuck, he's just a fucking nerd that doesn't, yeah. that's trying to like just do his thing. That's it. Yep. But yeah. So, anyways, we get, so Sam's like, well, then what's the fucking motive? Is Andy the guy trying to figure it all out? And he's just like not Dean's just not convinced it's him. And um, then
1: Dean does like the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. He throws a food wrapper in the back of baby. He just like eats this, and then he like
0: ultimately throws in the back seat. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Dean? Like that's. I, I was surprised bleh. by that too. That seemed a little out of character. I feel like he takes better care of babies than that. You would hope so, but no, that was I. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, so they're they're doing their little like just like watch out. So Andy walks up to the window and Sam tries to tell him. He asks them what they're doing. Tell him tell him what they're why they're following him. So Sam's trying to give like some fucking story that they're the lawyers, blah blah. But because because Sam's not impacted by the little whatever his truth power is that it, or whatever his his verbal commands. But Dean just gives him the fucking truth because that's what Dean has to do because Dean can't say otherwise. Well, that's all about it. We hunt demons, we think you might be a killer, and the reason this bothers me is because I'm afraid that Sam might be a killer too. Ooh. Yeah, and some Sam definite Sam word vomit. vomit. Sam is very distressed by all of this, so uh, Andy basically just wants him to leave him alone, and Dean's like, Sure, we'll, we'll leave you alone, okay, cool, but then. Sam goes after Andy because he's like, no, we're not going to go after. We're not leaving you alone. I think you and I are alike. And basically the whole premise that we get from this point on is that Sam is convinced that Andy is a killer and is convinced therefore that Sam will, that himself he, Sam, will become a killer or is a killer at heart because that's something that's tied to them because they're all related because of the demon. Well, that's yeah, and, and that they're, they're cursed basically but
1: i don't know if like sam thinks he's bad because of this i think sam or, is just feeling really fucking guilty he knows that you know his dad would have and he did he doesn't even know yet what his dad thought about him yeah. but you know that this is something that's not okay in his family dean's already being like no we can't take you there because they're you know hunters are going to kill you right so i think sam is just inherently carrying this guilt and this idea of like i am a bad person so like i think he's projecting a lot of this onto andy too so that's, that's true
0: thought. yeah he's just got a lot of guilt but he's also i think he's also like after um oh god i forget the, I forget the character's name um but the young man that that was, telekinesis dude yeah that was freaky shit and i think that really fucked sam up and especially seeing more and more of the connection between the the the, the demons the demons bebes, uh for lack of better bebes. the demons Demon bebes. Bebes. sorry but yeah so anyways sam, andy's like that's great and all but i'm not fucking killing these people i don't know what you're talking about so our next scene is we get freaking another vision and this one is also deeply distressing and uncomfortable to watch as a woman is pumping gas answers her phone with a
1: terrible wig too that wig was fucking yeah. awful
0: she was, was off looking the whole thing it was very what do you,
1: what you guys do costume guys like you, you dropped the ball in this
0: episode anyways well they push the cigarette lighter in then she finishes pumping gas and then starts dousing herself in gas the mechanic notices and starts yelling for her to stop and she does the it, it, it's it'll be it'll all be okay Grabs the cigarette lighter and pushed it to her arm, which I'm not sure if that would work or not. But either way, she goes (laughs) up in flames, and it's very distressing. I I,
1: I think it it could work, but But yeah, a cigarette
0: cigarette won't ignite lit uh, a cigarette won't ignite wet gas. So I don't know if a cigarette lighter would. I mean, I don't know.
1: Well, (laughs) let's let's test it. (laughs) Let's see. I don't even know who has that lighter in their cart. Maybe do you have one in in Duchess? Uh, yeah yeah okay so we're gonna, we're gonna throw gasoline on something <laughs> not someone something yeah i also like I, as terrible as the scene is all i can think about is uh shit i don't know about the space up, zoolander when they're having the gasoline oh. fights <laughs> so i'm like this is terrible anytime i see someone that's dousing funny. gasoline in themselves all i think about is a zoom the, the gasoline, gasoline,
0: fight. Fight. Was a gasoline yeah. accident uh that's so funny and wrong but hilarious that is i mean I, and I love that movie so it's okay um yeah so sam sam tells dean about his vision sam um is still convinced that's andy doing it all but they're like but he's been here he can not called this lady to tell her because he's been like right here this whole time so he stays so sam stays with andy and uh dean goes to try to figure out what's going on um and it was it was already done like there was not a, a gap in time this time in the vision usually there's like some time on it but anyway so now sam's like okay well maybe it's not maybe it's not andy but by the way andy guess what i have death visions that's fun and andy's like oh that fucking sucks <laughs> a lot yeah
1: well and also you know sam this and this is some of the problematic things i have this episode um so Sam's like you're not a killer right so he's like oh clearly he's a good guy but he's not a good guy really if you think about like the ethical lines this dude is towing like the chick he fucked I'm pretty sure he told that chick to fuck him like that is not okay yeah there he does some questionable things he's still like even though he's not necessarily killing people he's still manipulating the world to fit like what he wants which is yeah, there, there's definitely like you're, you're not like a golden child here, Andy. You're still kind of a dick.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right because it's like, okay, well, you, you're not, you, you might not be a killer, but you're not a fucking angel either. That's, yeah. So yeah, it's there's a huge moral and ethical dilemmas with how, with how he's using his powers, for lack of a better word. I don't know. Anyways, so. um dean gets back from like this little mission and finds out that the woman's name basically what it all comes down to is this woman was actually andy's mom his birth mother because he was adopted so the mother that burned on the root on the ceiling in the house fire was an adopted mother not his birth mother so they're like what the fuck does that mean for the the, the whole like pattern and also he has a twin yeah. that was adopted so- out separately so he has an evil twin. So I think you know, what twin. we should do, we should
1: talk about evil twins. I'm to talk about evil twins. Lore. So we're gonna talk about some lore. Yeah, some evil twins. And, and I'm really excited about this. Uh, I shouldn't be. Uh, we're gonna talk, this, this is a true crime one. Uh, you know, I love my true crime. Uh, and in you know researching this one, like my work husband, he is a twin, and we always say his his uh, his brother is the evil one. But you know, I mean, I was like sometimes I, was, I always see that episode of The Simpsons or uh, the Treehouse of Horrors. Like, well, the evil twin was it always has been Bart. Uh, so, and there is an actual series that you can see on Discovery Plus that was originally on Oxygen called Evil Twins, and there are a number of stories of twins that bad people that did a lot of bad things and they 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 cross every gender they do all sorts of things but this is the one that really really kind of like i was like oh, i want to talk about them i want to research these guys so we're going to talk about robert and stephen spahalski i really hope i'm saying their name right i'm polish i should know how to say this but whatever uh, so in december 1954 Two twin boys were born in upstate New York and they were named Robert and Stephen. Stephen was the older twin. He entered the world a few minutes earlier than Robert. And they were in this town, you know, um, outside of Elmira, New York. It was somewhat idyllic. You know, they were growing up at a large farm with their other six brothers and sisters. God, people stop having so many babies. Mm. Um, But you know, the boys were like pretty athletic. They eventually developed a passion for gymnastics, but there was also some some darker sides to these kids. Uh, Robert said, used to get a big kick out of shooting and killing the neighbors pesky cats and dogs they always knocked over our garbage can so i felt justified so already like i want to set that up and don't like these guys like mm-hmm. that's real gross so fuck you you killed a pup you kill puppies and kittens and Mm-mm. yeah so when the twins were 12 their dad left their mom for his secretary and she raised the family on her own after that and in the beginning of high school like i said they were both training for gymnastics like four to six hours a day like they were really good at this uh but they also soon started experimenting with drugs and this is the 60s so there were a lot of good drugs that were around um and robert claimed that he 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 tripped over 300 times in his teenage years which does not do good things for your brain. Like a so it, was, teenager. And it was
0: a perma- perma wasn't that the old uh, terminology we said? Yeah,
1: yeah well, I think that was something they made up to scare us in high school, but you know, like it's still not good for a developing brain to have LSD pumped through it. And on top of the LSD, like they're basically doing any drugs they could get a handle, handle on. Robert really liked speed and he would do it so he could stay up for like eight days at a time, which is also like, That's so you're awesome. killing your brain with speed and you're tripping, which to me sounds horrible. I'm like, this sounds sounds awful. Like, I would be like, yeah. So, on top of that, though, they also start becoming adrenaline junkies. So, on top of being actual junkies, they were adrenaline junkies. And because they were gym, you know gymnasts, they would do fun things like go stand at a really high ledge and do handstands and, you know, like without yeah. anything underneath them. I'm like, ah, he's mm-hmm. afraid of heights. I'm like, nope, 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 Mm-mm. nope. Um, and they were also like really into like cliff diving and like they're really good divers because they a gymnast. So, they would like do like all sorts of like triple things or whatever. Um, so they do that, but then they're like, you know what? This, that's not, not enough of a rush for us. Let's start doing crimes. Oh. So. But really what was interesting is that they were rarely did crimes together. They were doing like crimes in competition. So they wanted to oh. see like who could steal the most money, who could steal the most jewels. And so they had this thing going back and forth. Um, and they were also suspected in robbing the closeted homosexual community. And there's gonna be a lot of this underlying tone of this within this episode within this discussion. Um so, but within that time frame, like people who were homosexual made easy marks, because if you robbed them, they weren't going to come forward, because, you know, it was legal to be, and that comes later too, it was legal to be gay, so they're not going to go to the cops and say they were robbed. Uh, Robert said, you know, who, by the way, most of his family and friends call him Bruce, Uh, I'm just going to call him Robert throughout this, just for sake of making this easier to understand, Uh, but he would just basically say, hey, like, I would get blow jobs from these guys after they picked me up on the highway but I wasn't gay they were just you know sucking my dick oh. you know um yeah but there were also mm-hmm. these boys like grew to like over 6 feet tall and they were really built because they were really athletic so that made them very intimidating too so if you know, you're robbing somebody who's not going to come to the cops you know so um it eventually like the the Elmira cops and people the cops around this with errors like anytime there was a crime they're like oh these The Spahofsky boys probably have something to do with it. So the first time one of them gets charged is in July of 1971. And these come to Robert. And he was charged with unauthorized use of a vehicle. He stole a fucking car. I think this may have been the cop car he stole. He stole a lot of cars. But so his charge was unauthorized use of a vehicle. He was also charged with arson because he tried to burn down his school. Um, So that happened. Um, But then, so 1971 in July, there's the first one that Robert gets charged with. Then in November of that year, Ronald, November 23rd of 1971, a 48-year-old man named Ronald Ripley was found murdered in the basement of his store. And his store was called Your Salad bastard Kitchen, which... I'm just going to leave that there. So salad master, despite it's very unfortunate name was a Dallas franchise and it sold kitchen tools and gadget. It still exists today. They still have franchisees. You can go watch it. I watched their infomercial that talked about all the people mm. who've done it. Uh, like Zig Ziglar was like one of their salespeople. If you don't know who Zig Ziglar was, it was also very problematic. Uh, basically uh, what's the word looking for. Um Like, can you pay to take my seminar and then I'll teach you how to sell things? Like, remember, my dad had like tons of those books. Not a good man. But anyway, so, uh, this guy Ripley had based started this franchise and but he was found dead in his basement he'd been stabbed multiple times and was hit in the head with a blunt object they thought it was a hammer but nobody was sure but important to also note that Ripley while a devout christian and a minister had once been convicted of a sex crime which really meant he was put in prison for being gay so he was so that's something that the cops are kind of taking into account his station wagon was found in a field tragically with the Thanksgiving turkey and a smashed carrot cake inside of it. I'm like, that's just sad. Like you kill him and you smash a turkey in the cake, like fucking dicks, man. Yeah. So at least, at least, like, at least eat it, at least eat it. Right. I mean, if I had a carrot cake, like I mean, I'm saying I would murder somebody for a carrot cake, but I'm not going to leave it in the car. Okay. Uh, but the place where the car was found was also known as a dumping ground for ve- those vehicles that Robert Spahalski was stealing because they mm. can walk to he could walk to his house from there. So automatically uh-huh. like they're like, OK, maybe it's the boys. The police also at first thought that uh, Ripley's wife had done it and they just basically grilled the shit out of her and her family. And they're like, you get it. You killed your husband. And she's like, no. No, I didn't. But eventually the cops go back to the the Spahalsky boys. And at first they were focused on Robert because they were like, oh, Robert's the more violent of the two. He's the one that we start, you know, keep arresting for things. And in January, remember the murder was in November. In January of that year, Robert was arrested for stealing basketball shirts weird thing to steal hmm. and he was sentenced to six months in county because he was also on probation for stealing the the unauthorized use of a vehicle so he goes to county um, and eventually steven gets brought to jail too because he entered an abandoned house with his girlfriend but he was let go so while robert is sitting in jail uh, the investigator's like hey this is time for us to give him a polygraph and this is just something you know like his personality so while robert was like in the room they were like standing you know like outside the double mirror watching him and he was just walking around the room on his hands so just like doing handstands and like doing gymnastics within the room they also I saw him like steal a piece of evidence and try and put it in his shoe. Yeah, right. so, but he did pass the polygraph um, and he went back to, they, they took him back to his cell on Amira. And so the cops eventually turned to Stephen because during the polygraph, they'd asked him like, if you didn't kill him, do you know who did? And he failed that part. So they're like, oh, it must be Stephen. So they tapped Stephen's phones and Stephen made the mistake of say, threatening somebody with the phrase, you better do as I say, or you'll get the same Ripley got." Oops, Steven. Hmm. Bad, bad choice of words. So, that gave the cops the ammunition to go get a warrant for the house. Right. Yeah. So, they search the house and they find the keys to the station wagon in the plumbing, which, guys, if you're going to steal things, don't flush them down your fucking toilet. Where do you think those go? Like, cops will find them. Go serve them in a field or something. Like, I can never find my keys when I drop them outside my house. So, just like, go throw them in a field. Don't throw them down your fucking toilet. But, anyways, so. They arrest Stephen, and Stephen's story is that he had an appointment with Ripley to give him money he owed him, and when we got there without money. Ripley pulled a gun on him, made some sexual innuendos, and then Stephen hit him with a metal bar and stabbed him, and the cops always kind of thought that it could have been both of the twins, but they can never prove it, and neither twin has ever admitted that was the case, but later, well, uh, Robert said that The reason this happened was that Ripley was a homosexual minister who had gotten Stephen addicted to heroin and was extorting that addiction with sex, and to solve his issue, uh, Stephen stabbed him 48 times, which seems like an excessive way to to solve this. But So Stephen was convicted of manslaughter for this 1971 stabbing of Ron. And it was argued and reported within all the papers that this was committed under emotional duress, which was really referring to the potential homosexual overtones, but the newspapers never couldn't print that. So they're like, oh, he was committed, it was under emotional, you know, emotional duress. Um, Ripley's family does think this was all driven by robbery and that his lawyers were using Ripley's past arrest to make the sentence lighter. So Hmm. Stephen goes to prison for this, for eight years. Let's say. He gets eight years for stabbing a man 48 times. Um, so, but while he's serving those eight years, uh, Robert gets kicked out of high school for punching his teacher in the face, um, which, you know, generally, yeah, they kick you out of school for that. Don't no, your teacher in brown, the face. It's frowned upon. It's frowned upon typically. Yeah. Uh, so he just started selling drugs and he stole weed, coke, meth, et cetera, like whatever he could find. Um, And then he was arrested and charged with grand larceny and burglary for stealing instruments to start a band in 1973. So he committed like this, and if this two will be, if you can believe the story, like it involved him, like having to climb up like a bunch of trees and like do some weird, like cat burglar shit where he was like hanging from ropes to like get these guitars off the wall. But anyways, he wanted to start a band. So he stole some guitars. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yep, yep. So he goes to prison and he's actually in the same prison block as Stephen for a bit. Um but he's released after two and a half years in 1975. But he goes back again in 1977. And again, Robert and Stephen do end up in the same prison. And at that time, one of the two was attempting an escape, but the correctional officers couldn't figure out which of the twins were doing it. So they just put them both in solitary. Eventually, Stephen and Robert say that it was Robert who was trying to escape. but And they got found out because somebody snitched. But I didn't say that. Twin antics. (laughs) One of them is trying. We don't know which twins trying to. Escape. So, um,
0: once again, Benny Hill music cue. Yeah. yep
1: yeah. So, Stephen was then released in 1979 on parole, but he was then reincarcerated in 1980 for the 30 year sentence for robbery and kidnapping. Oh, God. So, uh, and then he was released in 1999, but goes back like real quickly after that. Okay, so the Robert gets out in 1981 and he goes back to goes back to jail for stealing a coin collection. And then he was released again in 1984 and he moves to Rochester. So, and he's there, and he goes back again in 1987 for more burglary. Um, So, he was released again in 1989. So, it's just like, these guys are just like, in, out, in, out. And then, Stephen's been in here for 30 years now. Yeah. So, when Robert gets out in 1989 in Rochester, um, he tended to keep his theft smaller. So, they were misdemeanors, which means you know, he would only end up in county jail. Right. So, and then he also developed a crack habit. Ooh. So yeah, not good. Crack was, you know, not a good thing to be in. Um, okay. And he really, yeah, and he crack his whack. And he couldn't really be a dealer like he used to be because at that time, Rochester was overrun with these Jamaican gangs that were really oh, yeah. hardcore and like were like killing the shit out of anybody who moved onto their turf. Yeah. Uh, so he worked with those gangs a bit, but he also became a hustler and a pimp and he would say i could always make a buck with my golden cock um unfortunately um his cock was not that golden and even though you know he said he was only gay for pay in 1996 he contracted hiv Mm. And things were going to get really dark with Robert, but the extent of it would not be fully known until 2005 when he walked into a Rochester police station and said, I need to talk to somebody because I killed somebody. So remember, he was released in 1989. Yeah, 2005 is when he goes in and confesses that he killed somebody. So he said that he was smoking crack with his friend Vivian and she turned into a demon and tried to kill him. So he killed her by hitting her in the head with a blunt object. But following this confession, they were able to tie him to at least three other murders. So the first one happened when he got out in 1989. The first one happened in December of 1990 when he strangled Moraine Armstrong, a sex worker, with an electrical cord. And police even talked to him at this time as a witness, wow. uh, but they did not arrest him. Uh, later confessions of his show that he said they were smoking crack. And she was like, hey, we're you know, he's like, I, I, smoked, I smoked you out or whatever, I don't know what crack people say. Uh, but it's like the crack was the payment for your sex. And mm. she was like, no, I want money. And then he got really mad and he killed her. Yikes. In July of 1991, the next year, his girlfriend, Adrienne Berger, was found dead in her apartment. Again, he was questioned, but not arrested. One of the main reasons was, was there a heat wave when she died, and he shut all the windows and everything was in there to increase the speed of decomp, so Ooh. the ME could never actually determine why, how she died. Um, and then mm. later on, he ended oh, up confessing. That's,
0: that's real dark and gross.
1: It's real dark and he does this with the next one too. Um, so he later confessed that um, he choked her to death while they were having sex. And not that he was angry, just that they were having sex and he just checked her out until she died. Then the next year in August of 1992, Charles Chuck Grande was found dead. He had been struck in the head with a hammer. And so, police had actually stopped a man driving Grande's car after he was dead. They didn't know he was dead, but they stopped his car. Mm-hmm. And there was a man in there with a woman who was likely a sex worker. And the guy driving the car told the police that he was Chuck Grande so the officer he's like here's my driver's license which he pulled out of the glove box and even in the driver's license said i'm five eight and robert was well over six foot tall the officer was like okay I guess your truck and let him go so okay. they let him go then they find out you know that he was murdered um and they later would bring robert in for that being pulled over and they tried him for impersonation they're like we can't get you for murder but then when he was on trial they weren't able to say anything to the jury about the bur- the murders or any of the other stuff that was stricken out of there so the jury mm-hmm. found him not guilty so at this point you know he's been questioned for like three different murders that's and the cops wild. knew it and they're just like hey we think you're guilty but there was never enough evidence for arrest that's and- crazy but also, what I think is really interesting, one of the reasons why this was also hard, there were at least three other serial killers that were operating in Rochester at that time.
0: Good Lord.
1: Yeah, don't, I was like, you did not want to be in Rochester. This So there was, it was, A, it was at like the height of the crack epidemic, and there were a lot of sex workers, and so those tend to make pretty easy prey for serial killers, um, so that is you know possibly one of the reasons why they they were just there were so many bodies and they were trying to figure out who belonged to what and it was just really hard for some of the police to like figure out to you know who it was later when he came back in 2005 to confess to his girlfriend Robert said that Chuck was a regular customer of his and that Chuck was in love with him and he wanted them to live together. And that night they were together and Chuck only paid Robert 40 of the $60 he promised him. They got into a fight, Chuck punched Robert, then Robert killed him. So Robert killed him over $20. He was also high on crack, but you know, still like that sort of brutality. So Remember that was that last one was 1991 and 2005 is when he committed admitted to the last murder. So what happened between 1991 and 2005
0: is probably really
1: questionable because I'd be like serial killers don't typically.
0: Well, that and then like what this that now so all of a sudden in 2005 you got high enough that you felt bad like mm -hmm. yeah
1: so. He ends up, he gets, you know, he gets thrown in jail, and so, yeah. but so that's 2005, 2010 at 55 years old. St- uh, Stephen is, oh, I think I missed one, so Stephen got released before 2010. I can go back and find the dates, but whatever. So he gets out in 2010, uh, <laughs> then he gets thrown back into county for an attempted at bank robbery, like. And he gets sentenced to 300 300 days in county. Um, He'd been out of prison for six months. Like, Stephen was, like, he got released for the robbery and kidnapping, got back in for parole violation, gets out on that parole violation, then immediately goes out and tries to rob a bank. And he didn't try and rob a bank with, like, a weapon or anything. He just, like, kind of gave a note to the teller. Uh, Stephen said he was drunk at the time. Uh, So, Interestingly, enough, that bank was robbed like at four other four other places too. I would not want to work at that bank. Wow. Uh, so in 2016, uh, Stephen was released to a halfway house in Elmira, and that was the last trace I could find of Stephen. Um, so theoretically, he he's not. I mean, he didn't show up in any court dockets or within the state prison for New York. Uh, but Robert is still in there. Uh, still has his HIV. Uh, he's done a lot of interviews and other things. We could talk to him, but uh also one of the parallels people think is interesting is that the death of chuck was very similar to the death of ripley in terms of the blunt force to the head so Mm -hmm. either that says the twins killed somebody in the exact same way or robert more likely what i think is that robert was actually the one who hit him over the head and steven stabbed him Uh, but yeah so those are some evil twins
0: yeah they're evil twins are real evil twins yeah. and not super smart by the way
1: well and that's what's really you know they actually were smart dudes well i guess right they, like they were always they were good students and yeah. they were just one drug addicts adrenaline junkies and they just never knew like they just basically started with a life of crime and never like i mean i don't think they can be rehabilitated and it, I mean, i'm not going to make a comment on the penal system but it's like these guys were like in and out of jail so much, they just kept it in there. Like, how many lives could have been saved? It's yeah, it's it's a very. I think it's a really interesting story. Uh, there's like I said, there's a couple of TV shows that are out about them. Um, I encourage you to go watch them. Uh, a lot of this came from a book from uh, Michael Shit Benson. I think this is his last name. Uh, Killer Twins, um, who did some really in-depth studies into into their lives, but
0: yeah there you go killer twins evil twins well <laughs> so back and to that's our evil twins our evil twins now we figure out that andy's evil twin is actually well his birth name or yeah his birth name was whatever his real name was anson weems but in our episode we know him as weber so <gasps> no! all of my all of my notes from here on out are a a slash w which then made me think about a and w which then made me want root beer so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I job. just called
1: him Weber, but yeah. Handsome slash
0: little... Weber. So yeah. uh, the bus boy. So now it's extra creepy because now you also realize that he was like, went and intentionally got a job with Andy, but didn't tell Andy who he was, which is fucked up. So, well, um, and job
1: with Andy's girlfriend. Andy doesn't work yeah. there.
0: Well, no, Andy did it for a minute. They worked together. They knew yeah. that they briefly had an overlap. Okay. So. Yeah um so anyways he starts we cut to the restaurant we see him start like really creepily asking tracy the waitress how how close and serious andy and her were when they were together then we see the brothers with andy hauling ass to the restaurant because um they want they figured this out and they want to go find weber well while we're there sam starts while we're on the way sam starts having his visions and it's of tracy about to jump off this bridge which is uh, a bridge right by a dam, which uh, I don't believe could exist in Oklahoma, but that's okay.
1: They can have a reservoir. I don't know. It seemed seemed
0: very, like, very
1: it was very tall also I do not like that height. I'm like, ah, no. Yeah. Um, also when they the in the vision when she gets thrown off, it's obviously a dummy. Like it's like the yeah. most obvious like dummy getting thrown off a thing. But they they also thought it was funny cuz Tracy was there and she got to watch this dummy of herself get like thrown off a bridge. That kind of thing. Yeah. But it was like as it's going down, I'm like, this is clearly like a blow up doll. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Anyway, so we cut we see um Weber driving with Tracy to the bri- to this bridge dam, whatever, and she's crying. And this is a real fucking creepy scene. Real fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, and he's talking about and he's talking to her about how like smart Andy is, but that and she can't have him
1: well it's also he says this is where i take my girls and i'm like oh uh, yeah. and i was like yeah as oh, much yeah. as i bitched about andy being non-consensual
0: rapist like you're a fuck this is like fuck like you're a goddamn oh, yeah. rapist like Ugh. so yeah, vomiting real gross so the the brothers and andy show up dean they all agree dean needs to stay back because he's obviously influenced by by um weber's and of course andy's powers so um and uh, Sam and Andy start start getting ready to go over and confront um, Weber, but they first they do get something out of trunk. We have our tiny little, almost cameo from trunk right here. So they're cu- we cut back to the car with Tracy and Weber, and she's <laughs> unbuttoning her shirt and crying. And I'm like, oh, this is so gross and rapey. So bad. it's so
1: uncomfortable. I was and like, he says,
0: and he says something about like when we get done here
1: and i'm like oh oh my god This like and then, yeah it's terrifying it's fucking oh, terrifying
0: it's not good because like she can't control herself at all it's not like physical it's like mental control that's so scary oh my god really upsetting so then she he explains to her that she's going to walk to the edge of the of the of the bridge say that you're going to believe think that you can fly um and you're going to step right off and if you, you know if you question yourself just say everything is okay and like this chick, she's crying and like trying not to cry because he told her not to cry, but she's really upset and buttoning her shirt. And then Sam smashes the fucking car window in ha, 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 with a gun. And uh which was
1: satisfying. Oh, that car window smashes. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's very satisfying. You're like, yes, fuck this guy. Um, and so Andy gets Tracy out of the car, is like, nope, not not fucking with her anymore. And uh Sam like just fucking like pistol whips the shit out of Weber, it was pretty good. Uh so yeah. And um, so they're. Come on, use the <laughs> words. I, know I lost my spot. I know. <laughs> I lost my description because I was like, well, I don't know how much I want to go into the whole thing. Basically, the whole thing they have an altercation, but they try to duct tape his mouth shut because they're convinced that the only reason he's able to control anybody is because of verbal commands. But apparently, that's not fucking it. He's better than that and can use his fucking brain powers to make people do shit and makes. Good old Tracy hits Sam with a log, and then Andy crosses the line with Tracy because Andy's never used his mind control on her because he actually cared about her, Ugh. and which isn't what he says, but that's the implication here, and makes her stop hitting Sam with a log, which I means good, I guess, but also it's real creepy. That it's like this weird battle of wills, and uh, yeah, so it's real, real gross and weird. And then um Sam, uh, we, then we have you know there's a lot of like a weird back and forth here and then you kind of you get to this Andy and Weber thing trying to have a fucking moment about and Andy's like the fuck dude if you have a twin brother you find out you have a secret twin you don't like sneak up and stalk them you call them and like go have a beer like what the fuck and he's like I just want to tell you but I had to but they but he told me I had to wait he's like who told you to wait the man with the yellow eyes and I'm like damn it fucking demon old creepy yellow eyes old creepy oh, creepy, eyes. Yellow, eyes. Yep. creepy yellow eyes in the mix is, again but I think it's also important
1: because this is the first time we're seeing that he's interacting with someone outside and telling them of, what to
0: do yeah yeah
1: and he's doing it through their
0: dreams he yes.
1: came to me in my dreams but you know I think Foreshadowing of something likely, but it's like okay, so we know this he's not being passive, right? He's not just I didn't just make you to be a killer. now I'm going
0: to go and tell you to do I'm something. Influencing you to do yep. stuff, yeah. So anyway, so I was like, oh shit. And then we see Dean sneaking up with his rifle and, and a sight on it in the woods to try to like, he's like, oh shit, this isn't going to plan. I'm gonna have to snipe this motherfucker so he's sneaking up but um and um and as he's sneaking up you hear like andy and weber i still have this weird conversation and like he killed their birth mother and doc because they separated them and he wants to kill tracy because she's coming between them and like basically everything he's doing and killing is because him and his brother need to be together which is fucking weird but anyway so um but I guess he's got like some spidey senses now too on Weber because he senses Dean off in the woods with his, with the rifle. And, uh, you, you hear him, you hear Weber say, I see you. Bye-bye. And all of a sudden Dean just like calmly takes the rifle and rotates it and puts the muzzle on his chin. Very distressing scene. Very distressing scene. So, uh, Right when you see this happen, you do hear a gunshot, which then of course makes you like want to like throw your like drink in the air at that moment. What the fuck? But it was Andy shooting Weber because he realized that he was like basically irredeemable and and at that point. So yeah. That's pretty much where the episode wraps up. I mean, like you go into the um, Andy, you know, it's the next day. The fucking cops are there. Andy convinces the police that, you know, um, Weber shot himself and they saw it happen themselves, which is real like sketchy, but also like, I guess it kind of covers everybody that way. Um, Tracy is very, very like is very distraught. Obviously, it was a really fucking traumatic night. But he basically like Andy knows that she's done because he used his powers on her.
1: Yeah, and she's gonna need some therapy and I can't imagine trying to explain this to a therapist. Like, so this guy
0: tried to mind control me and yeah.
1: they'd be yeah, like, oh yeah, so
0: it's called gaslighting. She's like, no, he actually, like, I could not like it was actual mind control yeah like, and
1: then she's going to end up in a mental institution blah, blah, blah. so but then we do get to you know kind of sam is still you know sam is still upset and we get into the what makes somebody a murderer and you know yep. and dean's like you know he's like well we kill people all the time and and sam's like that and deserve dean's it, like, that that deserve it. Yeah. you know and sam's like no we're still killing people so we're into this theme again we're getting this pulled out yeah. uh and then, and then, uh, and then makes, and
0: Sam calls out. Oh, do you hear that? Are you going to go to yeah. the comment that I was going to yeah. call out? So Dean, so Sam's like, I'll let you tell it. But Sam's like, I heard when you, I heard what you said when you were speaking the truth to Andy. Oh, and then one.
1: Dean says the most problematic line ever. It's like being roofied. It doesn't count. And I'm like, dude this is not the episode for that line no no that is no
0: (laughs) i mean i I was like well maybe and i was like i that's why i was like too i was like what but i'm like well maybe he was like trying to make like a when you say things you don't mean if you've been drinking Uh,
1: yeah yeah i know Uh, i think he was talking more about like Uh, the verbal thing but also bad episode for that dude bad bad episode for that
0: yeah so yeah yeah i was i was distraught by it as well i'm like oh my gosh so yeah and then uh dean gets a phone call from ellen um and so they go to the roadhouse
1: roadhouse, That's the roadhouse.
0: and uh she wants to know about their hunt and um because ash had shown her what they were searching for so in in the background at this point sound garden comes on with fell on black days <laughs> just, just for wondering <laughs> So Sam tells, uh, basically says there are people like him um, and Andy that have abilities and uh, that the demon had told them that he has plans for them. They just don't know what those plans are. But then Dean's like, yeah, we just have to find like, you know, we have to follow a pattern of the house fires in this year and da-da-da. And then they point out that the pattern's been broken with this most recent one. So she's like, so there's no way to track how many or who or what. And they're like, no. So then they start drinking whiskey.
1: Yep. And Ellen's like, break out the whiskey and said, and I love her. And I was just like, yes, this is a, the solution, Ellen.
0: No. <laughs> we don't need beer. No. We need fucking whiskey. Just no, go straight to the whiskey. We were going to try it with beer just to have like a convo, but this is, a, this is obviously a whiskey conversation. Oh,
1: we have escalated to
0: the whiskey. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. That's the episode. I mean, I, and I know like, I, I, it, I tried not to get too in the weeds on the back and forth because it gets kind of complicated with like the mind control and like well he told him to do this but then Weber's doing this and like I don't know it was a lot to me. Um, I guess the reasons I would say I had like some mixed feelings about this episode were the things we talked about. I found the um, the uh, general rapiness. Mind- well, the mind mind control suicide, fucking freaky as shit. In both, the, like, especially like the gunshot and jumping off cliff. Either way super fucking freaky and upset and the fire all of them very upsetting to me not like i don't know upsetting is a little dramatic a word. i found them I just, it was just so dark that was really like a lot and then and then adding the rapiness in the middle of it was not helpful so it was a really fucked up dark episode and i'm not and, and i'm god this is like, annoying am- sam's so it- annoying <laughs> Yes, we're we're back to Sam's being a a little bitch. Oh, he's such a little bitch. I'm, I can't help it. I'm just made to be a killer and I'm broken. And man, this is sad. And it's not my fault, the demon. And I'm just a bad person. Okay, like. (laughs) Oh, it's so exhausting. It is, it's
1: very exhausting. Uh. And, you know, and I think this is, you know, what happens when I think there's some issues, especially, you know, in season one and here Where we have this theme we're trying to get across and so but we're replaying it with inter interloping it with monsters of the week but we have to keep having this this background story so the background story is getting dragged out like so long you're like okay i get it you're concerned about what makes someone a killer and we get that so jen looks like we're at season you know episode five this is probably gonna be a large theme of the season is what makes what can you kill, what makes you a murderer, what makes you a hero, you know, and then yeah. Dean said that Dre's like, you know, he was a hero, you know, he killed, you know, he, he took out the bad guy, yeah. he's like, but he still murdered somebody, right, like, the, why was there nothing else we could do besides it, but what could you do with this guy besides murder him, he can okay. control people with his mind, like, how yeah. do you, how do you stop that, right, so, and I think what's interesting though, like, as dark as this episode was, it was also really light, Right. So we have right.
0: there's a lot of fun and a silliness in there too. It was that's what was interesting. But man, Sam just beat me down. I was like, oh. Yeah. Sam the woe is me thing there. was exhausting for an episode that I thought could have been really, really fun that kind of that almost did almost threw the balance for me. But I still enjoyed Yeah, no yeah it's,
1: it's it's still I mean it's kind of this like I liked the first like three quarters, and then it was like ah, <laughs> like, okay, we we could have stopped it at the van. Like maybe if we just stopped it with the, at bon, the van, yeah, like we would we have been good. There. So Spinal Tap playing, looking at a bong, got a tiger. Cool. No,
0: it was some greatness. Like the Spinal Tap tie-in was fucking super clever really
1: yeah, and positive. Ash was amazing. The Ash is always amazing. How it. do you
0: love? Oh, you and Ash. I, I, I can't. I, I, I get it. I, I, I don't get that part. I don't get the sexy ass on there, but I get enjoying Ash. How about that?
1: If um, Ash no, in so real life, time. I like, yeah,
0: like everything. Like there's a lot of great little like bits. I mean, like even just ellen with the joke you know upgrading from beer to to whiskey joe kicking people's ass on big buck hunter like all the little like things throughout like they were it was really clever throughout um all the all the inclusions of that the ario speed wagon scene like that's greatness but like man the 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 dark was real fucking dark right uh, and so is is
1: was that a good enough balance of the two? Like, do you make an episode that's going to be the dark just be dark? Or do it you, dark, yeah. yeah. And so maybe it's just, you know, a matter of, it could have, I don't know, maybe he could have juggled it out a little bit better. But and, and so funny as shit. Didn't
0: bother me. The dark and light wasn't the, I mean, it was dark, but in that part didn't throw me, it was the dark and light trying to balance those was a huge balance already. I think trying to do that and also, sam's bitch ass in there is what was throwing it off for me mm.
1: does that make sense no it does i mean because especially like, once you much start much, getting I'm annoyed benching,
0: balancing this dark and light and then i've got this like guy like meh, 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 i'm crying in the corner the whole time i'm like oh yeah. right, that was just sucking up sam oh. i know man like and poor dean's like getting mind control and like making like you know, he has to.
1: He has to leave baby. Star Wars jokes. Yeah, and there was there was a lot of Star baby Wars jokes. And this, this was this was a nerd episode for
0: sure. But yeah, so. but yeah, so yeah, there we go. Overall, it was a really, it was a really complex episode, which means that it's not a bad episode at all. It means you have to be you know you can't be that complex and balanced and be bad. It was a good episode. I'm just I just got irritated, <laughs> Sam, and you got upset by really rapey stuff, like you do. It's acceptable. Yeah,
1: it's kind of general, like with yeah, rapiness makes me upset. It does. It just. It just does. Absolutely fair. Especially, I think what makes me more upset though is the lack of acknowledgement of it, right? Like, so I think if that had, it, that was never brought up at the end, right? In the end, they're like, "Oh, yeah murderer." We're debating on this. None of the actual. This is why mind control is really shitty. Like that whole idea of like, I am, like you said, you know, gaslighting and other things like these are, these are people and to be also men who are controlling other things around them to suit their needs, which is really bad, really problematic and was not acknowledged. And I think I probably would have felt better if beyond just that I was a murderer.
0: Not just like, oh, that guy's a murderer and this guy's lazy and has a lot of debt. It was like, oh, by the way, you should probably not be unethically using your fucking brain powers to take advantage of other human beings and control them, especially for rapey things.
1: (sighs) We have used that word too much and now I'm upset. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Back to Ellen and her whiskey. That's that's the woman I want to think about. I'm gonna go some, go some drink some, sound, some shots. Got some
0: Soundgarden on the jukebox, and Ellen in her roadhouse drinking whiskey.
1: In her roadhouse, and then I would just go and like throw it back to Ario because you know I was like, you know, Soundgarden's too dark. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back to to some Speedwagon. All out. right, and sing it with her hair. It's gonna come from her hair. That's this is gonna happen. All right. I, I think at that you know I don't think there's anything else we can that's be it. onto this episode. So I'm gonna close
0: this out with a cheers, jerk.
1: Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast.
0: Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us Devil's Trap at Podcast.com.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a... Don't be a dick
0: production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox.
1: Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.